Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Well, hello and welcome to Market View. Joining us live on the line right now is Mr. Rajiv Biswas, Asia Pacific Chief Economist at SP Global Market Intelligence. Hello. Hi, thanks very much for inviting me on your show. Hi, Rajiv. Thank you so much for, for being with us, uh, you know, sacrificing your lunch hour. Okay, let's look at that uh, set of uh, data coming out from China. Uh, the trade data. Uh, exports grew at a double-digit pace in May. Uh, what is your reading of these numbers? The export data released from China was way above market expectations. Market expectations had been for only an 8% increase year-on-year in exports uh, because of the situation with the lockdowns in China and disruption of industrial production. But actually, the data came out very strongly. It was up 16.9% year-on-year in May. And I think part of the reason why it was so strong is that during May, the, uh, the port in Shanghai really restored its operations close to normal capacity. So that really helped to get the exports moving in, in May. So I think that was a positive surprise for markets that China's exports were so strong. However, the import data also came out and that was much more moderate. It, it was only up 4% year on year. And that's because domestic demand in China has been hit very hard by the pandemic mm. lockdowns. So that kept import demand relatively weak. Uh, dare we look forward to uh, what numbers might look like in June? I think in June we'll see something of a rebound in imports because as Shanghai is slowly you know, lifting its restrictive measures, and it is a bit stop-start because we're just getting news today that some districts are again going into testing. But I think the trend is towards gradual reopening mm-hmm. after two months of full lockdown. So that will boost domestic demand. But it will take time. So I think we're not going to get a full recovery in June. Probably by July, we should start to see much stronger data. So the third quarter data will be much better, assuming that these lockdowns don't come back. Mm-hmm. Well, there is uh, more data coming out uh, tomorrow. We're expecting China's May CPI inflation results. Now, as from what you've said already, um, that, you know, because uh, consumer be- consum- consumption was rather suppressed, right, uh, in the last couple of months, are you looking at a more favorable number for the May CPI inflation uh, numbers that are due out tomorrow? I think although the weak domestic demand may have constrained some of the pricing pressures, I think the key factor that will push up inflation is higher commodity prices because Mm. China imports so many commodities, particularly energy commodities, oil, natural gas, coal, have all seen huge increases this year. So I think that will put up pricing pressures and we do expect the CPI to edge up. uh, from It was 2.1% in April. It might go up a little bit Mm -hmm. to about 2.4%, but that's still very low compared Mm. to other countries, and it's well below the Chinese government's target of 3% annual inflation Mm. for 2022. So I think overall, it's, you know, it'll still be a relatively low number. Mm. And and speaking of inflation, uh, we saw yesterday economists raising their full year forecast for Singapore's uh, inflation uh, to 5% for the full year, and then lowering uh, their expectations for our GDP, for Singapore's GDP, to 4.8%, uh, no, to actually 3.8%, right, I think? 
So what, yeah. do you, what do you make of these numbers? Well, I think, again, with the inflation story that we're seeing globally, it's not a big surprise that also Singapore is seeing higher inflation. Uh, the April reading for core inflation for Singapore uh, reached 3.3%, which is the highest for more than 10 years. Mm. And then the headline CPI has also been very high at 5.4%. And again, this is very much due to higher energy prices affecting uh, fuel costs, electricity prices, and also rising food costs are coming into the equation as well. So all those factors mean that inflation is higher than expected at the beginning of the year. The Russia-Ukraine war has been a major reason why commodity prices globally have been rising. Mm. So this year, our expectation is that annual inflation in Singapore will be in the order of 4.8%. That's our own house mm. view. Um, but we do expect it to moderate quite significantly in 2023. So the, our expectation is this is a temporary spike mm. and the inflation pressures in Singapore will moderate. On the growth front, I think we're seeing really strong momentum right now in the economy. Mm-hmm. So even though there's a slight downward adjustment in the kind of consensus view on, on what Singapore will grow at at the moment, the expectation is amongst the uh, survey of professional forecasters that GDP growth would be 3.8% but, uh, for the full year. But I think when we look around, if walking you know, around mm-hmm. Singapore, you see restaurants are packed. Tourists are again coming in a big way back into Singapore. And that's partly because many other countries in Asia are closed. So if Europeans want to visit or Australians want Mm. to visit, they can come to Singapore so easily. So that's, you know, creating a bit of substitution that people who wanted to go elsewhere are now finding it easy to come to Singapore. So I think there's a lot of momentum in the economy on the services Mm. side. Uh, of course, aviation is, is doing much better now. And the whole tourism story, I think, will continue to improve in the second half. Mm. So that's all good news for the mm-hmm. economy. And uh, on the industrial production front, the readings for industrial production have also been quite strong, particularly electronics exports doing very well. So all in all, I think Singapore is performing very well after having grown very strongly last mm. year. So it's a pretty, you know, the economy is really buzzing uh, in my view. And and I think we see that when we walk around shopping malls and restaurants and so on. So I think the outlook is looking pretty positive for Singapore at the moment. Oh, excellent. That's definitely happy news that that we're glad to hear uh, at this point in time. Um, Later today, we're also expecting the European Central Bank to decide on its interest rate movement. um, And that is against the backdrop of inflation over there in the Eurozone soaring to an all-time high. Um, What can we expect? Yeah, the ECB is facing this huge challenge, just like the Fed, a very Uh, steep inflation pressures. The forward guidance from the ECB is indicating that in June it will end its net asset purchases. So that is what is likely to be announced at today's June policy meeting. And then by July, they may start increasing policy rates. And at that point, gradual steps upwards, not as rapidly as the Fed, but we would expect then a gradual tightening to begin from the European Central Bank. 
in the second half of this year and then continuing through 2023 and even through to 2024. Okay, I think we have just about time for one more question. Um, Looking at the world's second largest population, the Reserve Bank of India has raised a key lending rate by 50 basis points. They have done it. Um, You know, what kind of impact can we expect uh, from the movement? I think, again, like many other countries around the world, like the U.S., like Europe, uh, India's facing deeply rising inflation pressures. CPI in April reached 7.8% year on year. So the RBI is reacting to this upsurge in inflation pressures, again, because of higher energy prices, higher food prices. So they had to take action and they've already tightened twice in the last couple of months and they will tighten more in the second half of the year. Uh, So I think the economy is doing well. The economy is rebounding pretty well this year. But now with inflation rising, uh, India will be also facing tightening monetary Mm -hmm. policy, which will somewhat put the brakes on the recovery momentum. But nevertheless, the economy, we think, will continue to grow quite strongly this year. Mm -hmm. And how do you see that impacting Singapore? Well, broadly, the Indian economy, uh, you know, helps Singapore if it's doing well, because there are more and more interlinkages between India and Singapore. Mm. Uh, So I think particularly looking into the future, we do expect India to become uh, very soon the fifth largest economy in the world. And if we look out 10 years or so, we think it will become uh, even higher than that, becoming bigger than Japan over the next decade. Mm. So it's a very important trade partner in the future for Singapore. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really going to be a closer and closer trade and investment relationship that will benefit Singapore very strongly. And definitely one we should continue monitoring very closely. Well, Rajiv, thank you so much for your time and your insights. You're, it's a pleasure. I'm very happy pleasure to be Pleasure is ours. Show. Thank you very much. Thank you. I've been speaking with Mr. Rajiv Biswas, Asia-Pacific Chief Economist at S&P Global Market Intelligence. Do stay tuned to Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. 